0: What's up, y'all?
1: Welcome to the Money Chismas podcast.
0: It's your fave Latina siblings, Israel and Sanem Tovad, coming at you with the real deal on how to get your money right and secure the bag as teachers and women of color.
1: As an award-winning educator and personal finance expert, we are on a mission to bring anti-racist, culturally responsive financial literacy to teachers and women of color.
0: So if you are ready to get your money right, we are so glad you're here.
1: The Money Achievement Podcast is sponsored by the Dream Teacher Project.
0: The Dream Teacher Project is on a mission to empower teachers and women of color to get their money right and build generational wealth.
1: Hey everyone, so thank you for tuning in today. So we had such an amazing conversation with Ernesto Hernandez. He is a Mexican-American educator from the Bay Area who is building generational wealth. So just a quick note about this episode is that there's some moments in which the sound is a little rough. So we just wanted to let you know, but this conversation was so good and we can't wait for you to listen. So let's get into it. Hello, everyone. We're so excited to have Ernesto here with us. Israel has told me a little bit about your story, but I'm sure he hasn't shared the details. So we're so excited for you to be here with us.
2: Yeah, no, excited to be here as well, Sunim. I'm super excited to be here. I mean, um, yeah, uh, Israel and I met um, uh, like around six years ago um, uh, when he was in step and, and it was a great collaboration, great partnership. Um and so yeah definitely excited to be back and share any and anything that I possibly possibly can with y'all. So
0: Ernesto, como estas? Where are you
2: at? Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from LA. We have a 3-day weekend and 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 our compadres um they they um well they they had a surprise baby shower. Um so we flew in for that. We flew in on Friday oh. night. Um the the party or, or pachanga was yesterday. Um, and, and, and we, we have, we got today to rest up a little bit and we should be heading, heading back home tonight. Yeah. Yeah. We got our flight scheduled back up to San Jose at nine. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's been a, a good time, you know, a quick, quick little mini trip for the three day weekend. Okay. You know, I was I was going to say, we're specifically, we're out here in South, South Central oh, LA. South
0: Central LA. Yeah. Yeah. are am going to compare to in South Central LA.
2: Yeah. 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 Yes.
0: Well, Ernesto, we're so happy that you are taking the time in your during your LA trip to talk to us. Um, like I said, like you have such a powerful story, and uh, we know that a lot of folks who are listening are going to be very inspired by your story, Ernesto. So if we can get started, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like who you who you like where you're from, like your family story, where you went to school, anything and and everything that you feel comfortable sharing with.
2: Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I feel like you know when 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 I think about that I feel like one of the things I think about first is definitely my family. Um uh, both of my parents are are were born in Mexico. Um they were born in super small little like really like you know like little ranchos really, right? Um uh and 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 they were kind of you know trying to trying to find a better future for themselves really and, and made their way out here to the to the US. Initially they came out you know, without papers or or with you know, um, undocumented. You know, they were undocumented for a while, and you know, getting a residency and etc. Um, so I feel like that's that's really where my story starts, um, is with, with with them. You know, from came from small ranchitos in in, in Jalisco, Mexico. Um, came out, uh, ended up in San Jose, and and then I was I'm I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest sibling of four, um, and I just feel like I grew up with them, like sacrificing a lot. You know working a ton. Um, and I I don't know if, I don't know, you know, I feel like, um, for a lot of reasons, like, I feel like I just really valued their sacrifice and was like trying to honor their story by doing good in school. Um, I feel like they, they didn't necessarily have the opportunity to attain a formal education, although they're, you know, super smart in so many ways, but just like, they, they just didn't have access to that. Right. Um, fortunately, like I did, like I grew up with this. I was, we were lucky enough to have a school like close by, you know, I was able to like walk to school, um, at least elementary school. And, 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 you know, like my mom, my mom did everything she could. Like, again, she couldn't speak the language. She didn't know how to navigate that, you know, but, but she had the grit and the perseverance and, and just like the courage to push me and to push us and to send us to school every day and, and, and do all that. And, and, um, ultimately I feel like I, I, I did all right, you know, in school I did all right. Um, in high school, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't that like that straight A student. I actually didn't like school that much then. Um, and ironically, like college was really good for me. You know, I ended up going out to San Jose state. Um, it was a great experience. I was commuting in, um, working a lot too while going to college. Um, but then like found my passion for, for history, really, and I was like, I was like, since although I didn't like high school as a student, I I saw, I don't know, I, I felt like I I connect, I could see myself working in education for sure, and I was like, becoming a a teacher, a high school teacher might be a first step, and 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 again, I found that passion in 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 a lot of my Mexican American history classes over at San Jose State, and, and was like, okay, I can do this.
0: And then, so you, you, I remember Ernesto but we would, um, have conversations, like when we first met, so for, for just to clarify, um, Ernesto was my teacher mentor, he's the one who teach, taught me how to be uh, a teacher, um, and Ernesto, it was so powerful to have a Latino male be, uh, my teacher mentor, I feel like you normalize speaking Spanish in the classroom, like you normalize for me, like bringing cultura into the classroom, like, Honestly, you played a huge role in me becoming this really strong educator that I became. Um, but when we were ha- when we were having conversations um, in the beginning, you shared your story with me, and I love how you I, you would always start your story with your parents' story. Um, you know, it's all it's, it's intergenerational, right? And I like something that I really appreciate about, about you. So, you um, in, in undergrad, you're like, I want to become a teacher. So, what what did you do after that?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like by, by like year two, I was like, okay, I can see myself doing this. Like I said, I, I didn't really do, I kind of like did what I had to do in high school to like pass by or whatever, you know. Um, But in college, I really fell in love with like, I, I feel like I got to learn about my history a little more, or more deeply. Um, uh, Again, I had a great experience in some Mexican American history classes. I really felt like it, it like lit. A fire in me, and and I just started pursuing that route. And I was like, okay, I see myself being a history teacher. Um, I was again, I was like working a lot. Um, I I feel like one of my formal jobs was like at J C Penney, um, and uh, I was you know going to San Jose State, working at J C Penney um, Thursday afternoons, Fridays because I didn't have classes on those days and on the weekends. And I was like, you know, I, I, again, I saw myself teaching because I was like, it, it'll it'll give me some sort of, you know, like. I, you know, I I I saw myself getting to a place and being like, I I can be comfortable. You know, I'm not gonna be like super wealthy, but it's, you know, it's something that's like there. You know, I feel like schools aren't going anywhere. Um, I feel like okay, I I found this passion for history. I'm like okay, we could put these two things together. Yeah, and then I had some great mentors there too. Um, I had some great professors, um, there that were like pushing me and and really believing in me and 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 boosting really like my confidence. Um, and one of my advisors in, 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 my, um, in my program was like, Hey, you should think about Stanford. Right. Like, and I was like, Oh, really? Like, I, you know, I just, I feel like I, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have as much confidence as, as I would have liked at that point. Right. And when somebody tells you like, Hey, like, I believe in you, like you should do this. That, that was powerful for me. You know, it was, it was like Profesora Alanis. Um, whom I'm super, super thankful and grateful for. She like helped me with that process. Um, I applied, got into Stanford and then, you know, made made them, made them like did what I had to do there. And then, and then ended up over at Luis Valdez.
1: That's such a, Such a powerful story. And um, it's so great when, like, we have really good advisors who actually push us to do something. Because, you know, there's a lot of people, like, a lot of really bad advisors that they're like, no, you shouldn't apply. Like, but I'm so glad you you had someone who made you apply. But I want to know, how was your experience uh, going to Stanford?
2: Yeah, Stanford was, it was tough. To be honest, It was it was really hard. Like, it was not easy, you know? Like, again, like I mentioned, I don't think if it, if it it hadn't been for my advisor to push me to go to apply to Stanford, I I don't necessarily, to be honest, I don't, I don't necessarily think I would have applied. Um, so she pushed me, I applied and then I was like, you know, like, oh, it'd be great if I get in. Right. And then you get in and you're like, oh shoot, it's real. Right. You're like, damn, like this is happening. And, um, my first week there was, was tough. Um, especially like so I wasn't living on campus because I live in San Jose and it just made sense to also commute there and, and not have to, you know, just like save some money in terms of like room and board. And like, I was still living with my parents and that just, that it just made sense to stay home. Um, but like my first days were, were, were just really challenging because I just felt so different to everybody that was there. And, and, and at, at some points, like, you know, you just feel like a little bit, out of place like it wasn't like anybody was you know everybody was super kind and generous but you know i was just like always super metacognitive of like my identity and like i would look around the room and be like where where are the brown folks at and then it was like damn yo like there aren't too many right and this group of 70 80 you know folks trying to get their teaching credential like you're like damn there's four or five brown folks right um and then i'd be like where are the brown like it was like there there was one other brown male in the cohort um there were a couple of black women in the cohort i don't think there was any black men in the cohort so i yeah that just like that ability to connect you know was was kind of tough like i remember going into the bathroom to be honest like at one point and and like getting a little teary because i was like shit like this is gonna be this is gonna be hard right um but i kind of pushed through that a little bit um and then it, you know i just i was like you know you you gotta make this happen right and 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 i um one of my 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 teachers there um during the because the way the program is structured like there's you spend a couple weeks um at a middle school before the um before the formal academic year starts. And he was a black man too, who really like supported me with that. Um, it was somebody I could trust and be vulnerable with. And, and that, that, was, that was helpful for sure. And then over time, we kind of like, you know, you find your pocket of people um, and comunidad within the program, which was also really, really powerful.
0: Yeah, I remember that, like, the same issues that your uh, cohort went through in terms of, like, the students of color um, in your cohort were the same ones that we went through. And it's, like, you know, shit never changes, right? It's, like, it's the same shit. Like, you would be, like, it's the same things happening, same complaints. But I think it just shows um, our experiences go on to show that, like, teachers of color are being pushed out even from the get-go. Like, I had to advocate for myself, Sunem, to get Ernesto to be my – uh, my teacher mentor, they wanted to place me at a like like a different school with like like a more affluent context with like a white educator and I was like, nah, I am paying money, and I put in my application that I wanted to teach ethnic studies, so what you're going to do is you're going to place me with, with an ethnic based educator and a t- teacher who looks like me and so uh they you know when you put that pressure when you advocate for yourself very strongly they hope sometimes they, they do listen and so in my case I was like and they listened and so they were able to to place me with Ernesto because he was open open to um receiving me but you know like when we talk to different um university students uh, aspiring teachers of color who are students of color at universities. We're giving workshops to them, Ernesto. They are saying the same issue. So it's not specific to Stanford, to all universities. They're already being pushed out while they're getting their credentials.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like, you you would think that it should be the opposite. Like, you need to create the best setting for folks to stay in and make it, you know, like, you want to make it, you you know, as, 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 like, Seamless as possible, or straightforward as possible. Like it's already like you're already gonna do a lot of the challenging work through like your classes and all that. Like that's a given, right? But like everything else, I think should it should be set up. Which is, I'm I'm so happy that you advocated for that, you know? Because again, like I I I did stab. You know, I had a good first year. I had a good second year. But I I don't like I I got the push. You know, I got the email, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to be a CT?" And then I was like, even then, I was like damn like really like can i like i did not see myself being a ct or a cooperating teacher you know um in my first second or third year yet i was like you know it was just, it just wasn't in my radar yet and after you i've had i've hosted a student teacher every single year and it's been such a great experience and there, there's there been a shift in administration at, at the the stanford teacher ed program um and i know that they're changing that a lot israel which is which makes me like um optimistic
0: well hopefully
2: they are yeah, yeah 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 i mean that's what i hear again just i i had a a a student teacher with me last year and then again another one this year and, and it seems like like they're diversifying their cohort a ton and then really looking to 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 create a more diverse um which i think is really really important is to have the like the 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 cooperating teachers um like more cooperating teachers of color right like and just create create that whole dynamic and that whole situation um lucia i don't know if you met her israel is a cooperating teacher now Marilyn is also hosting um teachers right so like yeah it's 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 moving slowly right like but I, and and I, i'm just i hope i hope it gets better and that more folks like us have good places to go to yeah
1: I, i'm so glad that that that's moving in the right direction because I, like, didn't grow up with a lot of, like, Latino male educators. And I wish, you know, I did. Um, And moving forward, I hope that that is the, you know, that's what's going to happen. But, you know, talking about, like, you being a Latino male educator, is your experience? Um, Like, how that impacted, like, your teaching style or, like, just share all the details (laughs) if you can.
2: I always, like, understood and I always thought about, like, my like race, and like I always th- thought about like race, uh, or ethnicity, and like class a ton, right? And I feel like I've like for so many years of like really try to unpack like like the male part more and like understand how like that's like that also comes with so many privileges, right? And like how there are aspects of your identity that you know like might um, experience more like parts uh, like like more oppression because of it, right? Um, and I feel like I've just, like, been on the constant kind of, I'm going to say, he said, like, a constant journey to really, like, unpack that a little more and just be, like, mindful and, like, conscious of that and and try to, like, make sure that I'm being, like, strategic with, like, the decisions I make and, and like, the things that you choose to cover and who you choose to highlight and ensuring that, like, I'm, I'm like, trying to check that privilege as much, much, much as possible and, and trying to, again, be mindful of, like, who you're calling on and, like, again, who you're centering in your lesson and in your curriculum and, and, and et cetera.
0: No, well, and this is something that I really appreciate about you um, when you were mentoring me was that, like, you were always, like, so conscious about um, your different forms of privilege and you would we would talk about it often. Um, and, again, if I didn't have someone who represented my identities and when it came to, like, my ethnicity and my gender, then it would have be hard, harder for me to have those conversations, right? Um, I know for me, and so after, like, I left, uh, so in San Jose, I would say from my experience, it's way more, like, Latino. there's not a lot, but there's way more Latino male educators in, in that context, and then my experience working in Nashville afterwards and then working in DC, like, I was One, Mm -hmm. I think I was always the only Latino Latino male educator in the building and definitely the openly Mm -hmm. queer Latino male educator in the building. And I think um, having you as a teacher mentor kind of like uh, protected me from these dynamics because like it was two Latino male educators, but when I was, it was the only one, like I felt so overwhelmed by all the kids who came swarming to me, you know, like especially the black and brown boys. Would come swarming to me and I was seen as a disciplinarian you know like oh like they'll be like I'm not gonna listen to Mr. It's not like talking to me about it right I was the one who had to have those conversations with them and like that would burn me out so much because it was always me and it was because like they I understood those like gender racial like ethnic dynamics that a white female educator didn't right and so um, yeah. In a way, I was really grateful that you, like, you know, that you shielded me from those dynamics. But at the same time, it was like when I was on my own, I was like, yo, this shit is hard. This shit is really hard. Being-
2: yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. No, no, I, I, I get you 100%. And I, I agree. I feel like.
0: If you're resonating with this content, please leave us a review. We appreciate and read every review.
2: Plus, reviews help us gain more visibility. Please and thank you. Because LVLA was a smaller school, right? Like, there weren't too many educators in the room. But LVLA was built on such a strong foundation and strong, like, our two leaders um, were, like, brown, right? Um, Jeff and Irene were our principals. And they were both so amazing and just like complimented each other so well but i definitely feel like i looked up to jeff i looked up to jeff because he was also another brown edu- male educator right and i was like damn you know like he's do- he's doing it and he's really good at this like it like legit it was it was inspiring so i like like going out to other settings where you were the only brown like male educator like that's that's really hard, you know? And I think like mm-hmm. in San Jose, like there at least I've been at, I was at LVLA for six years and now I've been at Overfelt for two. And, and I do feel like I kind of, like LVLA was just so different. And at Overfelt, they're very, they're like so many fewer brown male educators at the school. Um, But I feel like that's why it was so important for me to start mm-hmm. at that smaller setting. Like I feel like just, it set me up right. You know, it, it just like gave me the opportunity. It gave me the, the, the opportunity to build my confidence to really feel like I was getting better at my practice. Um, And now out here at Overfield, I'm like, okay, like, like I, I know I got this, you know, like, I know I could do this. And I'm the only Brown at male or one of the few Brown male educators on campus. But, but it was just like, I feel like, again, lucky to be in San Jose where like, it's, it's just like, it's, it's a more diverse setting, I would assume, than it is, like, in Nashville, right? Um, made sure i like, check the school out and try to, like, make sure that it's a good fit, right? And that, like, I could jump into controversial topics and, like, the administrators will have my back type of a thing, right? Um, but, no, I, 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 just, I bet that that's, that's been – that was a challenge.
0: That was, that was for sure a challenge. Um, but I'm sure there's – you've also faced challenges with those identities and that still um, – and that being said also like as you were building that confidence um in your teaching as you were building that confidence in um, the classroom uh what was your money journey like too you can talk about like your money story like growing up or just your money journey when you started making a full-time salary like whatever you, you feel comfortable sharing
2: yeah 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 for sure now that i look back at the money journey like and like I feel like I had so many money wounds mm. growing up, <laughs> right, like so many money wounds like we we grew up like you know like we we had all all of our basic necessities met like thankfully, you know, but like it was always i I feel like the biggest part um or the the biggest way i felt felt like directly impacted by being low income was like be always being like in a super tight living space, like we grew up like you know like. In, in an apartment, like, and my my parents, you know, like, they had a room, and at one point, like, it was, like, five of us living together in a room for, like, a really long time, you know, and then when I was, like, a little older, I jumped into the living room, and then I was sharing the living room with some family members, you know, um, so I was, like, really, really, I mean, when you're doing it and you're young, it's just, like, that's just the way things are, you don't really think much of it, but um, now that I reflect on it, I'm, like, damn, that that was hard, you know, it was also really great because I got to—I think that that's honestly what really helped me, like, empathize with like our immigrant community. Um, because sometimes folks that were like would like come out, um, or folks that like my dad, you know, or my mom would rent to were like family members that were like undocumented, um, and just like out there grinding, you know, working, hustling. I got to hear their stories firsthand, which was also really cool. You know, and it just always gave me that lens, but. Um. Yeah, you know, we grew up with like limited means, for sure. Like, you know, I got new clothes at the beginning of the school year. I got new shoes at the beginning of the school year. Christmas, right? Um, maybe you know, un par de zapatos. Um, (laughs) este. Um, so I was I was looking forward to like getting a salary job, right? Like it was a big deal. Like I was again when I was in college, I was always working, hustling, um. And so it was. It was. It was okay, you know. But again, making your like actual sal- like your actual salary job was like nice, you know. Like that first check that I got. Um, I don't remember if I told you, but like the apartment complex that we lived at, um, it was a fourplex, and we had been living there for eighteen years. So like rent would have been like really cheap, actually, like pretty affordable for San Jose. Um, and all of a sudden. Um, the owners they had to sell the fourplex and then the new folks came in and then they were like they essentially like booted us like they wanted us out Mm. um i kind of organized the the people in the fourplex and we're like we're gonna go fight this so we like went to the city and like you know and we we got like a mediator to come in and try to help us out and essentially they we were allowed to stay for like another six months till the end of the school year in retrospect too i feel like knowing what i know now i feel like we probably could have gotten more from that situation or you know at least some months without rent if we had maybe like gone through a lawyer or something and not just like the city now i know that the city was just trying to meet folks halfway and not really like advocate for any one side but um anyways i feel like the first check that i got was essentially like money that i i i helped to put down for like Or like, deposit on, like, a new place, you know, in that first month of rent, so I feel like everything kind of, at that point, I feel like everything happened for a reason, you know, and I was just, like, glad to be able to help my family and my parents, like, make that move, because if I hadn't been salaried at that point, like, I don't don't know, I don't, I don't know what have, I don't know what have, what would have happened, like, maybe we would have had to go back to a really small spot, or I don't know it was just like we we were finally able to rent at another ho- house and we were good like we we were going to have the space we needed um I mean it was still you know I have I have three other siblings and and all that but it was like it was it was okay you know um yeah and I feel like I had to kind of learn a lot um about money I learned a lot from my parents too but like they were like very old school like just like mm-hmm. save 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 you know, like, dinero que ganas, like, you put it in the bank and you save it and you save it and you save it. Um, So for many, like, for a couple of years, like, that's what I was doing, too, until I, like, try to go out of my way and learn some new things, like, some different things, like, things that other folks are doing to, like, help their money grow and et cetera.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I definitely understand about living with a lot of people in because when we first moved to LA I remember we used to live in um some apartments we had like it was only two bedrooms and one and we used to share one bathroom and I don't know if you guys, uh, told you but like we're six in total and then my parents that so were like eight like eight we're living in two little um two bedroom apartments so we all had to there and I think my brothers were like cuatro personas like for the four of them like sharing a, a little room um, so definitely understand about that and how that you know can like lead to you having some like traumas when you grow up and you're like hey I want my own my own space and all of this but um and also I want to point I want to touch on the thing that you said about like your parents just teaching you like to save the money that's something that's really common in our culture, like our parents also was like, just tu dinero, and that's it. Like nobody talks about like, oh, you should be you should be investing your money so that your money grows more. Like it's all about like saving your money. And like, there's some there's some people that don't even believe in putting their money in like a bank account. It's like, abajo de tu. De tu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, those are my parents like, i feel like well i feel like maybe like in the last couple months in the past year like my parents would maybe be a little more open to like you know doing something different with their money but like i mean i'm i'm 30 and and you know and and 25 years like it was always like no like you know there were always savers to be honest like and even saving like that was a that's a great skill you know like um so I'm really glad that they just, like, they taught me that. Like, I remember, like, I had, like, a little cajita, you know, and, like, when it was my birthday or whatever, my mom would be like, "Ponen en cajita. Like, I was like, okay, cool. You know, um, este, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's that was just, that's what they did. And, I mean, I, it's probably, I don't, I think it's just, like, they didn't learn other ways to do it or their mentality, again, I think for my parents, at least, their mentality was, like, you know, I, th- I think that initially when they came to the States, they were like, we're just going to go to the States, save some money, come back, you know, bring it back to the motherland and, and build something or, you know, and then it just life, life changed. But yeah, 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 like, so I'm like, I'm thankful for their like savings advice, but I'm like, damn, like, imagine if you learn, you know, a couple other things like sooner, like a lot, a lot can happen there
0: yeah and so you've always been like a hustler though a finesser i think that like you've always like been hustling and finessing and when it was when you were my uh teacher mentor that year um you bought a house in in the bay area right in in the yeah in the bay area yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. you were what 25 26 that was so impressive i was
2: i was 25 i was 25 Yeah. yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. No, I was I was a hustler for sure. Like, I feel like all those struggles made me really hungry. You know, like I was like, hey, like, you know, like I was like, I I need to like, I need to make sure that I'm in a place someday where like, the the freaking landlord doesn't like kick you out. You know, like I think that that part of those like wounds really were like, you know, like try to get your own place, right? Like try to get your own place, and like I just heard and like I knew that. One way to build that generational wealth was like to buy buy something, you know, buy 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 a home, and and yeah, it was part so partially some of those like savings advice from my parents too, like they because I was always working, right? like I, I was my dad did yard work too, like he did like like literally like maintenance work on houses, and like I remember going to work with him like every Saturday, like since I could remember, right? So it was like it was just like that hard work mentality, like. Vamos, 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 vamos. You know, like to trabajar, a trabajar, a trabajar. Um, and then I did that um while in college, and then I did the JC thing, and then while I was at state, um, I was also um I was on financial aid, um, and then I was living at home, um, and so like financial aid, the financial aid that I got would like pay for my my tuition, and then there there'd be some money that I. would I'd, I'd get like left over each semester so um i kind of just made it made it work saved a little bit of that um and then um a similar thing happened while at stanford too and, and saved a little bit of that extra money from the um from that financial aid and that really helped me like uh, or helped us make that make that move that that year but yeah 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 it was it was tough but like i'm glad we did it it was hard too at the moment you know at the time like, it was a high mortgage. And um, so I feel like that's, like, really made me also, like, go out of my way to, like, learn new stuff around, like, you know, like refinancing and so many of those, like, just mathematical terms that, that you just, it's like another language sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It really is kind of yeah, like the yeah. debt to racial, like, you know, you need to know that so that they give you a loan. And nobody tells you that, like, getting a whole mortgage is so much work. Like you have to have a down payment. You have to talk to, you have to get an appraisal. You have to talk to the loan officer. Then they come back and change something. It's just like so much. And nobody like, like my parents never told me how hard it was to get a mortgage. And I, I, when he wanted to get a mortgage, I was like, don't do it. And he's like, no, I'm going to do it.
2: And I did it. for sure for sure and like you learn so much through the process now i'm like damn if i would have known what i know now you know i probably would have done a couple things differently right but like you know sometimes it's just like you learn Mm -hmm. as you go you know fortunately we were also able to refinance like during the i mean you know when like COVID hit and like in 2021 with the rates were like really low and we had like the pmi the property mortgage insurance and we were like you know you consider if it's like worth refinancing or not and and it was so we refinance and like we're we're better you know we're 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 at a better place now still commuting i feel like the hustle israeli never ends so <sighs> the the hustle never ends i'm like well at least that's how i feel unfortunately i wish the hustle and then, well it can' end in
0: it can end if we continue to invest and build yeah. that generation of wealth if we if we continue to yeah. learn how to make yeah. money work yeah. hard for us instead of us working hard for our money. However, I will say though at like you living in the Bay Area, I think that makes it more challenging for the hustle to win because the Bay Area is just so freaking expensive like i and then so I like when I taught in d c and Nashville, like gentrification is happening everywhere, but I will always say how gentrification in the Bay Area is the strongest that i've seen in different parts of the country because of how and maybe the barrier in new york i would say because well i didn't teach in new york but, but from what i've seen gathered because the bay is just so freaking expensive um because you know of the tech um take take over but i think the uh, the canon ernesto it's just it may take longer since you are uh based in in the bay area. yeah
2: no nah, but i love it how you have that vision you know you you, you have that vision i remember we talked it was probably when we were like working from, from home too. And you were like, no, like, you know, I've like made some money off of the stock market. Like it, it works, you know, like, um, right. Like, and, and you, you were like, I think you, you told me something like, you know, I love teaching, but I hate the fact that like me making money is dependent on me, like physically being there at the job. Right. And like, so like, right? Like you've got to have that vision of being like, nah, like I want to be somewhere that's like making me money without me necessarily being there too, right? And like having that vision and having that grid and ganas to make make that happen.
0: Yeah. And I was able to make that happen. One, because, you know, I was really privileged enough to have Sunem as my sister who taught me a lot about financial literacy. Um, and
2: That's awesome. That's really awesome. Having that
0: access is really, it's really important. And then two, like, I feel like, after a deepening of my financial literacy, like I was able to build a six-figure net worth on a teacher's salary by the age of twenty-six by investing. And initially at so I didn't believe in, in in investing. I didn't believe I thought like similar to you, like the way to build generational wealth was by buying a home. So when I moved to Nashville that first year, like yeah. I bought a, a house, right?
2: That's what you did. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I yeah, that. and then
0: I, the more I deepen my financial literacy, and the more I like gain clarity about what like what lifestyle I wanted, who, what I wanted to do with my life, and all those things. Like, I realized that like for me, investing in the stock market made more sense than owning a home, because yeah. for, for me, owning a home made me feel really trapped because I had a mortgage, and even though like I um, went to DC and I was using as an investment property I still like had to manage it and I could have hired a management company but that would have been very expensive there's a lot of cons and for me I just realized that the way I wanted to build wealth was by investing in the stock market and because it's in my opinion it's so much easier to do it's more accessible to do um and it's like like not as challenging as owning a home
2: yeah Um, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah that, see that's where I want to be ne- that's where I want to be next yeah. you know like yeah for sure for sure i i just i learned how to i learned how to invest really like during that year like that which is it's like it's like part of the cycle right like honestly like Karina and I learned how to invest in the stock market while we were working from home because we had more time because we weren't commuting and et cetera, and like we were able to invest we started, you know, we're starting, we started slow, um. but I was just like, I was proud that we like did it, right? Like we opened up the platform and like we started doing research on companies and like, you know, like they freaking, what is it? Like their ticker symbols and all that stuff. Um, I don't think we bought at the best, best time. We thought it like we bought like when stuff was going up and then it like tanked, Um, you know, but yeah, I'm really curious and I'm like, think uh, you know i'm like i'm just really curious and want to be at that place where like you know you're doing that research and like you're making moves and and you're like buying and and selling and and, and making those profits yeah and
1: like investing is always really like difficult in the beginning but i'm so glad that you got started because Mm -hmm. i think the hardest thing is just to start because it's really confusing at first like should i be buying this should i be what should i be buying like no it, yeah, it goes yeah. back to, again, like we never learned it from our parents. They didn't teach in school. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I told you, but I got my master's in finance and I didn't learn how to. <laughs> they didn't teach me in school either. But like this. Is, yeah. We, wow, we have to learn yeah. on our own. Um, but I'm so happy sure. that you got started. And like the best way to build wealth is just to start and to be consistent and do it for, for sure. the long term, because, you know, I I wish we would all get really rich, like, un día al otro. <laughs> but that's how it works. You yeah, just have yeah, to be yeah. consistent and keep it along.
2: No, it takes time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, and for me, honestly, I think it was, like, that little bit of disappointment, maybe. And, like, I guess not timing correctly, right? And I feel like so much of it now is, like, timing, too, right? I feel like that's also part of that hustle that we were talking about earlier. Like, I have a good friend that actually bought a home a year, a year and a half before us, and was like able to get a killer deal and stay in San Jose, right? And anyway, so like timing is so important, right? And of course, with the market, it's the same thing. Is like, it's like t- timing, trying to time it as best as possible. No, I think it's part of that.
1: Well, I think for the stock market, it's just like being consistent. You really shouldn't try to time the market mm-hmm. because we don't really know when it's going to go it. up or down. Like the best, thing that you're just Got investing it. when it comes to that's something else like i'm not really knowledgeable about about that but i know real estate is like it's really crazy um so i wanted to actually ask you a question about like why do you think it's important for teachers of color to get their money right
2: um i feel like so i feel like at least like for me and i want to say like others that might be in similar places right like like at least for me right like my parents are passing on so much to me in terms of like knowledge and, and just like everything, non, non money, right? Like, I feel like I'm not necessarily going to get any, you, you know, like they don't not necessarily have that general rational wealth to pass on. And I feel like that's also part of that, like really big struggle. you almost, I feel like, you know, you're setting down that, that like foundation, right. And I feel like, I just feel like I had to get it right, as as or as best as as close to right like as I possibly could because I didn't have that lufo of not, you know, like that 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 luxury of not. Um, so I just feel like I mean, getting it getting it right, I think also just means a better lifestyle too, you know. And um, again, in and coming from a place where we didn't have a lot of money, like it's like okay, like now I have a salary, like I. But like i gotta make it work right like that doesn't mean that there's an unlimited amount of money like there's a there's a limited amount of money like you got to budget um and and try to pass something on you know to whoever it is to like that next generation or family members or, or whoever it may be um and then hopefully try to try to try to kind of you know get that improvement there right like i think that that's that's what it's it's about i think like my parents sacrifices kind of allowed us to have a better life than theirs um and we decided we have two little ones so it's like you know like their and their life is definitely better than ours and and i think it's it's kind of like pa- try trying to make that that improvement you know over over those those generations I think is really important to me and anyway.
0: Yeah, for sure. And doing that and that's really hard work though. Like building generational wealth it and is. doing all that shit. Like that's how, that's work, right? That's that's a lot of work. So it if is. you if you know if you can't if you can't do it all, if you can't fix all the intergenerational um poverty that we carry on because of capitalism and racism, that's okay because I feel like you've done a lot already, you know, and, and we, talk more about how how exhausting it is to build generational wealth mm-hmm. building generational wealth is is so freaking exhausting for 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 folks like us and so we have to be gentle with ourselves and we're like we, we've done a lot already oh, yeah. so also something that we highlight in this is that like you know like your parents may not have given you like you know material like wealth but they gave you like those saving habits right they, they still pass down generational wealth and that is yeah. not
2: yeah, 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 yeah. And even
0: if you can't pass down exactly. more money or more whatever to your kids, you're going to pass down like more knowledge, better habits, like, you know, more access to opportunities. And that in itself is like, okay, well, I did my part. Ahora les toca It's now your turn, right? Um,
2: Again, they, they pass down so much, right? Like so many different types of, I mean, the linguistic capital, the aspirational capital, that perseverance, those ganas, all that, right? Yeah. And all that, I think, is, is, is equally important, right? For sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but, so thank you so much, Anasa, for sharing your money journey. We're going to move on to some uh, funnier questions. So it's like the money cheese that we're trying to uh-huh. do the tea, you know what I'm saying?
2: Um, the yeah, yeah, the question yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that we have for you is, what is a funny money story like that you have? It could be like, something embarrassing, something like weird. It doesn't necessarily have to be funny.
2: Okay. Yeah. M- maybe. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I'm. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. Hey, I have just always try to like go by the book. Right. <laughs> I really like that. Might sound like you mm-hmm. know. Like I've always tried to go by. I made some mistakes for sure. I made some mistakes. But, um. Yeah. So, so what's the
0: mistake that you made?
2: <laughs> um. Well, I think. Well, maybe it's. So again, like I was saying, like I always try to go by the buck. I feel like I overthink everything that has to do money. Like I'm like budget, budget, budget. Like in in the relate in our relationship, like I feel like I'm like the the strict money one. You know, you know how there's sometimes there's one partner that's like, don't I don't want to hear the budget, right? Like I just want to buy that, <laughs> and I'm like the opposite. Like, hey, no, no, porque esto y que esto y que esto otro, right? Um, but. But I feel like okay. So in 2021, we got we got married. Um, nos casamos ya like más formalmente, and then we were like on a super big high. Este, we were on a super big high, like super happy, like you know. Um, and then Karina wanted like a more expensive car, and it was like a wish that she had, and I was like, okay. F those like, like f that like budget mindedness of mine like we're just going to do this like I'm not going to do re- like I'm not going to do much research and I'm just going to go for that expensive car you yeah. right um and that logical side of me was always like Ernesto don't do it it's not the best move it's not the best move but I was like Ernesto you got to live a little mm-hmm. bit do it you know you've been in your 2002 Toyota RAV4 for, for 6 añitos se le está cayendo la pinturita just do it <laughs> so I did it <laughs> I, you know one part of me is like it was a mistake the other part is like no it's all good you gotta live a little. like no, you need to spend
0: things that bring you joy you know what I'm saying like, you can't deprive yourself so much you can't deprive yourself especially because you've, you've done so much and that's how, like you like saved so many sacrifices to save that money for the down payment and you did this and that you know what I'm saying like
2: yeah 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 that's right for sure, for sure, so I guess I've been learning to be okay with splurging, you know you know yeah, I
1: definitely understand you too because I was also like that person like budget budget, like I can't let myself spend, I have to invest money or save it uh, but and also, I understand like why you think like buying a brand new car like can be a financial mistake because a lot of people say it is, but I don't believe that. I believe that we should learn to balance our happiness, but also, like, you know, be mindful of our future, but also be mindful of today. So I'm glad that you did that, even though your logical part might be telling you no, you shouldn't do it because that's how my brain works too. But, yeah, you know, we have.
2: Yeah 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 for sure and
1: i so that actually leads me to the next question oh wait what is your worst purchase of this year um i know we're in like early 2023 so if you can't think of something you can talk about last year
2: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i guess i've been you know i've been like lately i've been getting into um este um or like one of my my uh it's the brother-in-law, one of my cuñados, kind of got me on? Like he started telling me about this brand and like how they make these like really good coolers that keep the ice for hella long. And at first, I would learn about it and I'd be like, "Why would you want a cooler that keeps the ice for that long?" You know? But then I started looking into them and I was I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna try this out." And I saw one that was like in a cool color, so I bought an expensive cooler this year. <laughs> yeah, but,
0: <have laughs> but you first-
2: you be having a lot of.
0: I'm sorry, Cindy, What were you saying?
1: I was going to say, it didn't it work. Is it, is it good, though?
2: It's good. It's good. I was really happy with it, yeah. I, well, I thought it was really cool, you know, and I bring it out every now and then, and I kind of, like, I keep it in, it like, a little, it's in its box when I'm not using it, so I feel like I'm taking care of it, and we drove out to L.A. a couple of weeks, actually, for New Year's, también, SD, and then we'd like, I put some stuff in there and it got out, it got here like really cool and everything. So I was like, all right, all right, it's cool, it's cool. But you
0: have a lot
2: of carnitas, so Oh, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I've been doing some carnitas, yeah, yeah. So I've been learning a lot about that, yeah, but I've been trying to get into that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we would, we would do some carnitas asadas and, and like bring, you know, like, I was like, I need a it makes sense. Like if I get myself a good a cooler, I can maybe like take the meat and keep it cool wherever yeah. we go. That's real. So sometimes
0: you may think that it's, it's a bad purchase, but then it ends up being like a pretty good purchase, right? That, that happens.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or again, it's like, it brings you some, some happiness. Yeah. So I feel like it was like, an I don't know. So I don't know if that answered your question though. I guess it was like, I thought it was a mistake but because it was so expensive but then it ended up being no yeah, so. i guess i don't have one that i'm like no it was just like a hundred percent like mistake
1: no. it's like you're very mm-hmm. intentional with your money so like you know what they are making and that was like yeah. the only one that you allowed yourself to be like uh let me buy this even though i'm not a hundred percent sure but like it turned out so yeah.
2: yeah 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 to be honest like i'd be lying if i say like yeah, like I, I made like a completely unintentional purchase. Like, no.
0: Well, I'm glad, Ernesto, that you are um, using your money to bring you more things and experiences that bring you joy. I think that's really, really important. Uh, well, Ernesto, thank you so much again for sharing your story, your experiences, and your perspectives. I know that a lot of folks who are listening are going to be very inspired by uh, what you shared with us today. Um, And I'm just so grateful that there are uh, teachers like you out there who are leading classrooms full of uh, first generation black and brown kids because they need, you know, uh, strong leaders like you. And I'm so grateful that um, you were one of those strong leaders for me when I was learning how to be a teacher. So thank you so much, Ernesto.
2: No, thank you so much. Thank you again that year was like phenomenal and like we always remember you Israel. like legit we like always remember you and thank you for being like so kind and like so great and just like always willing to like ch- like just like make things better and to challenge folks when mm-hmm. you like needed to and, like you also like inspired me so much again if it, I don't, if it hadn't been for you like I don't. I don't know if I would have been like taking on, you know, teachers. Like it was just such a beautiful, beautiful experience, and I'm just like so grateful to have been a part of that. I mean, thank
0: me. you, Ernesto. And I know I was un poquito scandaloso. I'm always un poquito scandaloso. So thank you for.
1: Thank no you not <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a word, man. <laughs> <but.
2: laughs> like no, not poquito mucho. Right? No, no, no. <laughs>
0: It was All fun. right. It was, it was awesome. Well, thank you, Anessa. Well, that's it for for today, folks. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. And remember to live, teach, and secure the bag.
1: If you took anything from this episode, please take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Dream Teacher Project.